0: Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to this special audio highlights podcast from West Coast Live. For more information about our shows and other guests and podcasts, wcl.org. Please welcome uh, Michael Raschuti and Fran Gage. They put together a book called Chocolate Obsession Confections and Treats to Create and Savor. Please mm. welcome them here to West Coast Live. Thank you. Nice to have you here. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. I've enjoyed your chocolate. Oh, thank you. In bar form and those little brownies and those. Know, and my and my sons like that the marshmallows that were s- cut the size of, uh, you know,
1: like uh, cinder block Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but they were not cinder block like.
1: No, they were not cinder block like. They're a little light and fluffy, but a little. It's funny because the marshmallows, when we first started making them, people would say, well, I'm they call back and they say, you know, I, I think that these marshmallows have mold all over them. I'm like, well, I don't think so because they're fresh vanilla beans. And so that's those little black flexor vanilla. Really? It, it looks like mold. I said, like, well, just taste them and they'll be fine. And
0: it's uh, so amazing how our tastes get uh, adjusted by sort of mass-produced food-extruded products?
1: Exactly. I mean, you know, I, I, I was fascinated with just the fact that marshmallows actually can happen. You know, I, I just remember them in a bag, these little, you know, little round things and uh, all of a sudden started playing around making them. I was like, oh, my God, these are really incredible. Marshmallows, it's just like, you know, it's like the Reese's Pieces or anything. You know, they must have been something at one point. And my favorite is Junior Mints. Well.
0: <laughs> and Fran Gage, you ran one of the, uh, the great bakeries in San Francisco. And then it burned down, as I recall.
2: Well, there was a fire in the bakery. It was more than 10 years ago now. And <clears throat> we struggled along baking at, a, at another place for a while. But it really it was just too difficult. So I just shut down altogether, and I had intended to go back when the building was back together. But by that time, I sat and thought, do I really wanna start this business all over again? And I thought, no, I'm not gonna do it. (laughs) So I decided to write about food instead. And so how did you meet Michael? Well, Michael tells a funny story about this. Um,
0: Should I have him tell it, or do you wanna tell
2: it? Well, he can tell the story about uh, hanging out at my bakery.
1: Let me see. Uh, where should I start? Well, when I when you were a boy in yes. Philadelphia, do 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 do. When I was a boy in Philadelphia, actually, um, I read about there was an article in the paper, in the Inquirer, about Franz Bakery, and uh, I in, in the Inquirer in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Oh, the Philadelphia Inquirer. Yeah. <laughs> Inquirer, the, the region, yeah. not the national. In- <laughs> no, not the national Inquirer. That's true, right? Just, the, just the Philadelphia Inquirer. That's it. Um, and it, it just sounded really wonderful. And um, so I made a trip out there with my sister, and I found her bakery. It was all the way kind of tucked away in a certain part of San Francisco. And uh, I was sitting outside and uh, kind of like milling around and. Fran was kind of, you know, busy, covered with flour, and working, and I, I was stuffing my face with one of her daquas and, you know, I was standing there waiting to kind of, like, say something to her, and she just was really busy, and she just, I said, you know, this is, this is really great. I read this article, and she's, you know, she acknowledged it, but she, you know, had like a thousand things going on. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, great, you know, it's really nice to meet you, and then, like, I... I, I she didn't appreciate it. that you'd made a pilgrimage uh, I think she was too overwhelmed and too busy because I could totally relate to it. But at that point, I was just a tourist and I was just hanging out, stuffing my face with all of her wares, and I was really enjoying it and the raisins and everything else. Um, so I, I I stopped back a second time, but uh, she wasn't there, and uh, so that was my, my initial
2: experience with Fran Gage as
0: a as a fan.
2: As a fan, as a fan,
0: and and now your experience of his chocolate.
2: Well, I was curious because after that, Michael and I sort of, you know, were in, on the same uh, professional trend. You know, he was he was working he was working at taste a taste catering as a pastry chef, and we would run into each other at various pastry and baking events, and you know, we became friends. And then he's when he started making chocolates, he would he he would give them to me. This was after the bakery had closed, and they were just so wonderful. Uh, and he, you know, he's, he's so talented, he makes wonderful stuff, and we, we talked, you know, we'd see each other now and then, and one, one day he, he said that people were, a lot of people had talked to him about how he should write a book, and he was hoping that, you know, that could happen, but he didn't really want to write a book by himself, and I said, you know, let's talk about that, Michael, because I'd be interested in... In discussing a book with you, a book project, and that's how it started. So we got together and wrote this book.
0: The the photographs are by Marin Caruso, and there's there's something about food, glossy food photographs, that seems kind of slightly centerfoldish to me at times. <laughs>
1: yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the chocolate porn book. Yeah. yeah. And-
0: and, and I wonder, because when you are talking in here about the way that you make the, the chocolate and, and you, and you want to make sure that the, the ovens and so forth are, are, have that correct degree of heat, that if it's off by a degree, they won't come out quite the way they want it, the bottom of the chocolate won't be thick enough and, and so forth. These chocolates under lights, how
1: did they photograph
0: them without the chocolates or melting under bright photographers' lights?
1: We freeze them oh. No. <laughs> now uh, um, actually the this particular f- photographer worked w- only works with natural light which is really nice uh-huh. and uh, we have another photographer we work with at times do some stock photographs and they use these really cool strobes that that you know keep the chocolates fairly happy and they cool the rooms down quite a bit but you know it's like you know, taking pictures of chocolates like watching paint dry. You know, it's just kind of they're just sitting there. It's like, okay, move it to the left. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. Looks great.
0: But I get the sense that actually making the chocolate is can actually be very tense. You're you're uh, south of Market, uh, San Francisco industrial area, making the chocolate, making driving people in the neighborhood crazy with the odor. I would think.
1: We yeah we have well and in our in our building it's the whole art institute and so. Um, they call it a um a gated what do they call it a gated uh gallery or something um, you know because we we don't allow them to sample because we started that at one point and then all of a sudden all these students were flocking to our place so now we just kind of like we don't do that anymore now they write they wrote this little note on our door called it like a gated gated gallery or gated chocolates gated chocolates yeah <laughs> gated so. chocolates so that's what we that's our new <laughs> that's but uh,
0: along the way i mean you you uh, you put Herbs, I mean, tarragon in in chocolates. Uh, uh, You you put lavender and various other flavors and and you dry the herbs in a certain way to intensify them. I mean, you make them little pockets of
1: uh, of, of, of of joy, huh? Yeah. Little pockets of joy, uh, absolutely. Um, well, I, I really initially started working with all of the herbs and coffees and things like that from the f- working with the farmers at the Ferry Plaza Farmers Market, or shall I say, on the Green Street Farmers Market at that point, yeah. and just peddling chocolates off of a table in the parking lot, and the farmers would say, "Hey, could you do something with this lemon verbena, or you know, what's you know, would you like to try this lavender?" And then I would start working with infusions and flavors, until I just. Got it right. I mean, it was really difficult with lavender and, and bourbon because a lot of people felt as though you know, it would, you know, it tastes like soap if it, you know, it's not right. And they're absolutely true. <laughs> you know, it's you have to get it right. There's a really fine balance.
0: So, so you started out as a kind of a chocolate busker there on the street.
1: Yeah, yeah like a husker. Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah. The um, there's there was something
0: in, in here about the the use of sugar and that um, that by actually adding sugar, it, it doesn't make the chocolate sweeter, but actually enhances the flavor. I mean, there's a lot of chemistry that goes on in this. The use of an invert sugar?
1: Yeah, we use we use a specific type of sugar. Um, that's like one of the only kind of ingredients that you have to either, f- you know, f- we found that you can find it on a website, um, but it's a specific sugar that's, you know, that enables the chocolate to be stay really smooth and doesn't crystallize, doesn't harden um and uh, so that's the type of sugar that we use and we also talk about you know that that we work with chocolate where the chocolate's melted to a specific temperature and the cream's a specific temperature as opposed to a lot of chocolates where you just bring the cream to a boil and pour it over chopped chocolate and that has a tendency to really shock the chocolate and make the starch in the chocolate active therefore it causes the chocolate to be much drier so ours are much smoother and silky and creamy and well, you'll see, they're being passed around and... Uh, we'll be handing some, some through the radio,
0: yeah. I think out of the left channel, you might be getting
1: To the right is your uh, <laughs> uh, sesame nougat and to the left is your uh, star anise pink peppercorn. Oh. So when the,
0: these... Uh, Michael makes a lot of, of truffles, but he also makes bars of, of chocolate as well. Do you, do you have a favorite that you like? Do you, I mean, he's got brownies, he's got these very...
2: That's so difficult. I, I really like a lot of the infused chocolates. And the other thing I like, uh, and there are recipes in the book, are some of the what he calls snacks. Uh, Whoopie pies and things that are just fun to make, wonderful. Peanut butter pucks. Exactly. I I like those quite a bit too, peanut butter pucks. Um, And and this is
0: something that you can use with leftover chocolate. How do you have leftover chocolate?
2: Well, the other thing we try to do in the book is uh, help people's fear of working with chocolate and, and give schedules so that if you're going to make chocolate, you make ganache one day and then you dip them in tempered chocolate another day, and you might have leftover tempered chocolate. So then you pour it in a pan, you sprinkle cocoa nibs or nuts on it, and you get these wonderful little bars of chocolate with goodies in them. So that's the leftover chocolate.
0: Uh, Michael, when you, were, when you were growing up, your, uh, your father ran a grocery store?
1: He did. He had uh, grocery stores and uh, outside of Philadelphia, and, and uh, we pretty much had to work at those stores. And you know, I was a I was a soda jerk when I was a kid, um, proudly to say, uh, carrying soda up the steps, and then uh, worked into inventory and butchering and whatever I could possibly get my hands on. Yeah.
0: What well, did you have a, a sweet tooth then, or or do you consider that you have a sweet tooth?
1: Uh, I do, I do. I have a sweet tooth. Um, you know, I love. I'll always taste chocolate in some shape or form. I usually like it in a, like a solid form as opposed to a candy, um, unless it's a Junior mix, Because someone asked me what my favorite chocolate was, and it, it happens <laughs> to be it happens to be a Junior Mint. Uh,
0: which leads me to another question, which is that a couple of the uh, uh, the 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 very fine uh, chocolatiers in in uh, the Bay Area have been bought by I think Hershey's, isn't it? I mean. W- what is this? Because the the companies that make sort of mainstream chocolate want to have a high end chocolate.
2: Well, b- we hope that's it. Um, it's it's everyone was pretty baffled by, by uh, that surprising those two surprising uh, purchases actually of Hershey's. Um, yeah, we hope that that uh, those Bay Area folks still are making the good stuff that they were making before. Who knows.
0: Would, would you be tempted to have, uh, you know, uh, Klein or somebody? You know, I don't know, but I, yeah. I
2: you know, I'm,
1: I'm actually, you know, waiting for like McDonald's or somebody like that to make me an offer. I figured, yeah. you know, because they have those McDonald's cookies and, or they used to, I don't think they make them anymore, but I'd like to introduce them with different types of varietal chocolate. And I figured they could really just kind of raise the bar. And I'm sure I could contribute to that.
0: You know, I, I have been a guest at a, at a thing called the, the Berkeley Chocolate Club. So it was a little meeting run by Leonard Pitt, a Berkeley um, uh, figure. And, and we've, we sit around and we, we eat various pieces, very small pieces of, of dark chocolate and, and taste of solid chocolate, of solid chocolate, although we've had occasional truffles. And one of the things I found is that it actually makes you quite thirsty when you eat just plain chocolate. You have to drink a lot of water. Along with it, but that there are some chocolates that are really, really good and sublime and have complex flavors, and there are others. We, we had some chocolates that came from uh, Russia, kind of the people's. Oh, oh no! I dropped a truffle on the ground. Oh, less than the five-second rule. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Uh. It's clean. As far clean, and and the. Uh, uh, Tragic. Oh. Tragic. Yeah, you you like want to it hold it for? Warm it in your hands, in yeah, your. In your hand, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, and that the. Um, and it was it was like ch- chalky in some way. It was it was it was like the, a proletarian kind of.
1: Was it Really ch- had it grainy. Was it like a lot of. What's this one here? Clean
0: one. A clean one.
1: Clean. <laughs> A rose now, this is a rose caramel. That, that one's a little seductive, and you also have to watch it when you eat that one. If anyone's eating that in the audience, because it's soft inside, so when you bite into it, it just kind of dribbles in the front of you, and uh, you know. Oh well, good. Well breaks. then, I'll try
0: this one. Yeah. Uh, and it's, but it's, it's. uh it's in sort of a, an elongated pyramidal shape. What, there must be yeah, a...
1: It's like a truncated triangle or something. I'm not quite certain. Yeah, it's uh, Is it I, tricky
0: okay. to make them in shapes other than just you know, plain little squares and rounds?
1: Well, these are... Th- there's two different styles, and we do, like, enrobing, which we... Whoa. Oh, you... Oh, all at once. I'm He's sorry. scribbling. Hang on. We'll be with <laughs> you in a minute. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, some are molded and some are enrobed, and enrobed is basically... Like a dipping process. I love that. Coat.
0: I love that word, enrobed. Yeah, I think there are people who would like to be enrobed in chocolate.
1: Yeah, we like yeah. to. You know, it's fun to send certain things through the machine to enrobe it aside from chocolate. So you know, we try all sorts of stuff. I've sent, <laughs> what, do,
0: what do you do after hours?
1: I've sent. I've sent rent. I was working on the machine one time and I had a wrench and the machine was running and i like, where's my wrench? And I looked on the other side, it's like completely coated in chocolate, it's beautiful. I was like, wow, I was just like, so I dusted it with powdered cocoa and it looked pretty cool, so, but obviously you can't eat it. Oh, what a prank though, to give to somebody. Yeah. Ah! yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my father gave my mother rubber chocolates one time, and that wasn't too good because I think she, you know, really hurt her teeth. But um, she had a tendency to eat too much chocolate, so he changed her Russell Stover's box that she hid up top of the uh, closet for, you know, she would buy it after Christmas and eat it like the next Christmas, and he would load them up with rubber chocolates. He thought that was pretty clever. I. I did you know
2: that that runs in his family? Yeah, but that's your new line, Michael. I mean, yeah. what do what you? Well, it's
1: like the rubber baby. You know, <laughs> the rubber baby, rubber chocolates. I think we have something going on here. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, Fran, when you write about chocolate, do you have a box by your keyboard?
2: Well, you know that's difficult because, you, well, as you just experienced, you know, you can, you can. Uh, dribble chocolate all over the keys and it screws up. I
0: head. did not dribble. It all went in <laughs> one, it went, and it tasted like a bouquet of roses in, in my mouth there.
2: But there's always that possibility. I think about it, though. I, I don't necessarily eat it when I'm writing, but I, I think about it.
0: And there's ice cream in here. Oh, well, the book is, um, you don't want to enrobe this book and eat it by mistake. Oh, look, there's a picture of these roses and those oh, chocolates in there. Mm. How are you guys doing out there? Oh.
1: Right, wow! It works every
0: time. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, does. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, great. All yeah, yeah. well, right. Thank you very much. The book is published by Stuart, Tabori, and Chang. It's called Chocolate Obsession: Confections and Treats to Create and Savor by Michael Raschuti and Fran Gage, and they have a stand uh, at uh, at the Ferry Building in San Francisco. And I th- I've seen the bars elsewhere, but I th- you've got kind of limited distribution. It's only you, you have to go to the yeah, site. You have to make a pilgrimage to visit like the you.
1: Web, it's like our website or the store, and we have it in some select stores. But we really try to control the quality because we found that you know some stores they just carry so much stuff. It's hard for them to rotate product. It's not as though they're doing it intentionally, but there's you know just it, I w- we would prefer to be able to sell it to you directly from us or at our store where we know that it's. Fresh mm-hmm.
0: Well, and we hear—is it, is it true? I've heard that dark chocolate is good for the heart. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, you not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me see. It's good for. Well, we could name a laundry list of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's got that great
0: theobromine yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's how you say. it? yeah. I can't pronounce that word. Wait, sorry. Yeah. yeah.
0: That thing, the the drug of the gods, in right.
1: it. Right. Right. Exactly.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, uh, oh man, with that chocolate I Absolutely. dropped? All right, thank you very much. Brent Gage, Michael Brashuti. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Great to have you. And thank you for bringing in uh, treats for the audiences. This is Edge Thompson. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Try out others from West Coast Live, right here, and we look forward to having you in one of our audiences one day. For more information, WCL.ORG.